We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. What's good, everybody? Before we get into today's show, big ups to the members of the Patreon, Derek Pleiates, Corey Johnson Hoops, Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, and Ryan Pisner. Check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash veterans minimum. A lot of fun stuff over there. We got the six-pack segment, which is a Patreon exclusive, running through some questions with every guest that we have on. The betting stuff is up there as well. And the contest winner for October is going to be announced on Thursday. We're giving away ESPN Plus for a full year. Got to be in the $10 tier or higher. Go check it out. My guy, A-double-L-E-N. Allen is back. Talk some NFL. Talk some NFL MVP. Some craziness with the playoff format. And we talk a little NBA. Kind of gearing that conversation towards... The ideas of super teams and how we feel about that. Sit back, relax, and congrats. Enjoy the show. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayas at the Lamb Shows, where you can find me. My guy, A-Double, 
L-E-N is back and in the building, in the studio. What's going on, we man? We here, we here, we here. Alan hit me up. He's like, yo, bro, I'm, I'm pulling up. I don't give a fuck. Coming over. We're hanging out. Let's record some shit. It's been a while. Dude, how you been, man? Man, much better place. Uh, just very excited, especially with football. Like, you know, this is now like, I guess we're nearing the peak of it. And I just think the season has been so unpredictable. Like, I don't think there's been a season where it's not like really conclusive. Like, what are the three best teams? Like, I think it's just like an ongoing debate. And even though things are hectic right now and, you know, you have players going on the COVID list every week, you know, the unpredictability factor, I don't know, just giving me more excitement. And I just, I just like that there's a lot of moving parts in both conferences. I don't think there's really much clues. Okay, we know Kansas City is a certified contender. But other than that, man, we got a lot of chaos. Dude. Chaos is fun. Yeah, chaos is fun. Uh, I'm, I'm hyped to see you. It's been a while. I know you got a lot of things going on behind the scenes that you told me a little bit about. We don't need to share, but... I'm definitely, definitely super happy for you. But, yo, tell me how many times do we text or even right before we started recording where you're telling me something? I'm like, yeah, yeah, save it, save it. Let's talk about yeah. it on the pod. I get too excited. That's the thing. <laughs> when I'm, the thing is with me is like, if I'm super passionate about something, like, I just want to have that conversation immediately. But then I'm like, wait, we, we got to. It's going to be magic. We, yeah, we got to save for, you know, the people. So, yeah, we definitely have to do that. But, uh, yeah, no, I just think now. Where the country's at, where the world's at, you know, even though cases are rising, I just, I think things are like slowly progressing and there's just a little more stability, mm -hmm. you know, and I think people are now taking the right precautions when it comes to COVID because I don't know, things, as we know, were pretty chaotic. Like there's no denying that, but now I don't know, I think things are steadily growing. Maybe it's the holiday cheering me. I don't know. I saw the holidays. I was at Home Depot for like three hours today. There was Home Depot. There were like Christmas stuff everywhere. I was getting in the mood. They were playing Mariah Carey. So <laughs> maybe I'm like that would cheerful mood, but, uh. Yeah, I know. Just glad to be back. And man, what you've done with this studio, I am very, very impressed, man. We got a legendary board right here, a lot of icons, and yeah, I'm just happy for you to get, have the space. Thank you, man. Thank you. I, I know I've uh, I've chewed your ear out a bunch in, in a positive way of just sort of just talking about like what my vision was for the next step for the show and the direction I want to take it and just having a place that people could come in. I mean, you're the you're the third person that I'm doing a show with. And everyone's just like, yo, this this is dope. This is legit. Just like the vibe to it. You know, you feel a little inspired, a little motivated. I mean, me, anytime I walk through that door, I'm just like, fucking go, yeah. baby. Time to go to work. You got these lights. The lights, yeah. yeah. And yo, I mean, you you know, from when I when I was recording at my crib, bro, it used to be like, how many times would you pull up? And then it's like me still setting up things. And then I got to take it all down as you're leaving. Yeah. Like, remember um, the, I think Edge and Christian, they would like set up the ring before like doing matches in Ontario. Yeah. Like back in 19, whatever it was. All, all, all the dudes like, coming up on the indies, like all wrestlers would have to like put up the ring, take it down, clean. That's right. kind of what I was doing with the podcast. And they get like $30 for it. Like it was just crazy. But that's kind of when you're coming up in an industry, you got to just take those steps. Like I remember when I was, you know, starting out with SB Nation, like going, you know, covering games, it was like, okay. Uh, there was times where I was like, oh, I can't really stay in an apartment right now. I'm just like, all right, I got to take a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a leave? Not leave. Um, red eye. Mm. Yeah, like I got to leave. Like I'm not staying in an apartment. Like I just got to go at night and then if I get home at five, so be it. You know, eventually I was able to stay in hotels and do it. Right, right, right. When I was first starting, I was like, all right, let me get the Greyhound at 1130 and I'll get back in the city hopefully by three and I get home by five. I'll just sleep till 12 and get back to work. You know, that's just the kind of sacrifices you got to take when you're really passionate about something, especially when you're working in sports media, because as you know, the scheduling is crazy. You got to cover different events and you never know when that news is going to drop and you know, you got to be ready to provide that coverage. 
when you walked into the studio, uh, into the studio, and we started just talking, kind of catching up a little bit. You you mentioned one of the things that led to me saying, "Yo, save it for the podcast," and it was, mm-hmm. "Yo, this season has been so crazy." Just from from, I agree with you. I think the way I break it down, and I feel like we could start off with this is, dude. I know the Steelers are nine and zero. I get it. I like the Steelers. Remember, I was high on Pittsburgh coming into the year. I picked them to win the North. Yeah, I love that defense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Ben, you know, chucking it all over the field. Uh, Those playmakers. That, Claypool. Bro, we were talking about it. Like, yeah. yo, that guy's definitely going to be starting on your fantasy team because the way they produce wide receivers. Right. It's just crazy how this also the the second round, like these receivers that fall the second round. You look at him. You look at Metcalf. You know, Debo Samuels. like, how do these guys last the second round? Like, I don't care what, you know, combine, you know, statistical, uh, you know, stats in college. It's just like, man, you look at some of these guys, they're measurables and just the tape they produce. It's like, you, you got to take that chance. And, you know, I'm not going to say, um, I'm not going to say Claypool's the best receiver out of this class yet because, you know, look at Justin Jefferson, especially mm. last night, he pretty much carried that Vikings offense. But it's just like these freaks, it's like, dude, these guys, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and just the way they make plays in traffic, the way, like, you know, dominate in the red zone. Man, you got you got to take a chance on these guys. Guys like Metcalf and AJ Brown and now Claypool, just these big, big physical freaks that just take over. Yeah, do it. Yeah, men amongst yeah. boys for sure. So going back to Pittsburgh, I like what I've seen from them, but I I don't know. They you're not convinced. Yeah, I just feel as if they still haven't had that like statement impressive win for me. Because they beat Baltimore, but you know Baltimore six and three, and has there been a more disrespectful six and three team in recent memory? Like Ooh. the way people are talking about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, you would think that they're three and six. Okay, I know it's looked bad, yeah. and I know it continues. He's zero and six in games in which he falls behind ten points or more, and it's something I've been concerned about him from the beginning. He's a great top five to eight quarterback in the league when he's playing with a lead when he's not bro it's do you think it's the weapons around him do you think it's the offense do you think it's him not being able to throw from behind like as you watch Lamar Jackson because now it's you know we have a big enough sample size now where you kind of kind of have an idea of what each quarterback is going to be how do you feel about Lamar kind of i want to compare him to carson wentz because carson wentz kind of fallen off cliff but uh i just think mechanically lamar he doesn't throw it the best anticipation that's one thing i noticed with lamar he's kind of he kind of waits for his receivers to be open and when you have someone of a limited supporting cast that could be problem problematic and you know i know greg roman's taking heat is his uh, play calling's gone a bit stale but i just think uh, like the quarterback of that caliber, eventually you have to kind of take the initiative. You got to be able to make those tight window throws. Like Lamar, as we know, he can make all the out-structure plays. Like, you, you know, as an athlete, no one's going to deny him of that. But, you know, there comes a point where it's like you got to win games throwing 50, 55 times. It's just it's going to be tight games where you're playing against the top-tier competition. You know, you're not always going to be able to rely on the running game. So, no, Lamar's definitely regressed a little bit. I think, once again, he needs to throw a little, a little bit more anticipation because even that Patriots game, I know Mother Nature went crazy at the end, but, you know, he threw a couple of questionable balls. Like, I know he only ended up throwing one pick, but he could have thrown about three. So, and then you look at, like, the Kansas City game on Monday night uh, from September. It's just, ah, there's times where you just want him to make those, you know, those throws that you see a Kyler Murray makes or Deshaun Watson, and he's just not doing it. And I know the limited playmakers is is concerning, but, you know, coming off MVP year and you're just someone that kind of makes these extraordinary plays, 
you kind of just want to see more. You want to see more progression, and you know, the, it's been regression. Yeah, it has been regression. It is a little concerning. I mean, Willie Sneed was the number one receiver for them on Sunday Night Football, right. and he's a guy who's a little bit of a cast off and has never really been a premier guy. I do think that the way I look at it through roughly every team has played about nine games up up until this point. Some teams have played 10 as we head into, I think it's the home stretch of bye weeks. I think it's this week and the next week. Yeah. But, man, I don't know if it's, if it's the leash is a little longer for them, if I'm a little more giving them the benefit of the doubt. But I really do think, Alan, it's, it's Kansas City. And then it's the tier of everyone else. Because I would say Kansas City, Pitts. I think Pittsburgh's in a little bit of a tier above you, you the think, third tier. I think you have to give credence to that defense and just the, the amount of playmakers they have. Like James Washington as your fourth receiver, you know, he could be a two on you know fair amount of teams. Like he's a really special deep threat. I know he's gonna get a lot of targets, but he, a guy that could stretch the field like that is impressive. And then Deontay Johnson after catch and having him mention Smith Schuster, you know Ebron in the red zone. Pittsburgh has a low playmakers. It's just a matter of, you know, Rossberger being able to make those throws. You know, he's played fairly well. Rossberger's been functional. It's just, you know, managing that because I know deep down, you know, Mike Thomas still wants to have a little bit more of a balanced attack with, you know, obviously James Conner. I mean, he's clearly the comeback player of the year. Who, Rossberger? Yeah. I know it's going to go to Alex Smith. Yeah, I, yeah, for, you know, the whole <laughs> symbolic. Exactly. Yeah. And, and what that meant, but... It hasn't been a lot though this year. When it comes, I'm trying to think of comeback players. I feel like it's been a week because Rossberg's been fine, but he hasn't done anything that really wowed me. Sure, but he is leading a team that's nine and zero. Right oh yeah, now, you, of course. Yeah. And, you know, if they, and, and you look at their schedule, bro. Like you look at Pittsburgh's schedule as I have it here in front of me. I want you to l- l- let's play the game that every every fan plays when they first get their schedule. Yeah, I know they've beaten a lot of NFC's teams. Which, I mean, let's, yeah. let's not really say it. You know, <laughs> New York Giants, baby, half game out of first. They're starting to bring me in, Alan. They're starting to bring me in. Okay, so this week they're at Jacksonville. Then they're at home on Thanksgiving against Baltimore. That's going to be fun. Then they got Washington at Buffalo, at Cincinnati, Colts at home, at Cleveland. I want to use the undefeated word, but no, they're going no, no, no. to win at least 13 games. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're going to go f- at worst 13 and three. That's a lot of favorable matches. So there. if you go 13 and three and you're Ben Roethlisberger and you're the NFL, and I get it, man, I get it. And I know I'm probably going to get some heat for saying this, but man, how do you look at Ben's numbers and not give him comeback player of the year? Oh, no, he'll or, get it. It's just, I think when you think of comeback player of the year, I don't know, from previous seasons, I just remember players like really standing out, like "Whoa, this sure. was a crazy comeback!" Like Andrew Luck, but it's but it's also been a guy who fits the mold that Roethlisberger is oh, in, true. where it's you're a guy who missed either the whole year or missed the majority of the year b- before, mm-hmm. and then you come back with a monster season. Right. And I mean, like, dude, you look at his stats; they're you know twenty two touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, I know my buddy Danny, and, and you know Danny as yeah. well. Anytime he throws a pass and he grabs his elbow, he's like, oh, my God, there it goes. <laughs> Here comes Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph again. But I just think it's, you know, with, with Pittsburgh, I, I don't see a statement win for them. I guess it all depends on how you feel about Baltimore and them beating Baltimore. They do it again Thanksgiving, short week. Yeah, and yeah. if it's in dominating fashion yeah. too, I will say though they that, went on the road that that game, and they had a great fourth down stop. They totally read you know you know, uh, like t- Houston does it quite a bit. Those uh, quarterback draws up the middle, 
Like they wait for a little bit of a delay and then they go through. They tried doing Lamar and I, the backup linebacker because Devin Bush went down. I forgot who Spillane. Yeah, Spillane. He just totally read it and got Lamar before. I think it was like on a fourth and three, held him to like a two yard gain and. Yeah, just those kind of plays. I think that play in itself, because that was a pretty ugly game. I think it was rainy as well. Yeah, it was yeah. a little a little sloppy over there. Dude, so we talk about Kansas City, and we talked about the Steelers. Would you say those are your one and two teams as far as like power rankings for you? In the whole NFL? Yeah. Yes, you got to, yeah. So then, I really like Tampa Bay, but I admit they've been inconsistent. I just love Tampa Bay's just roster. But there's no like they just laid a complete goose egg, you know, two weeks ago. Yeah, and then like they did last week on the Patreon. I was talking about my favorite bet of the week, and it was Tampa Bay minus six, right? Like, there's nothing I like more in sports betting than a team that gets embarrassed on prime time, especially the week before. Vision rival. Yeah, and then you're playing the next week. And you're kind of being undervalued on the markets, especially when there's a thing in sports betting, Alan, it's called like look ahead lines. Mm -hmm. So there are sports books out in Vegas that have betting lines from like July of the entire season up until week 16, because, you know, week 17 gets a little funky. Who's starting? Who's clinched? Mm -hmm. Who's playing for a buy? Who wants the number one pick? So they don't put out lines for there. And then you look at the Carolina Tampa Bay game, and that was a eight point line back in july now that closed at six so you had some value on tampa bay there but it was all what you said how like they kind of were shaky against the giants right and then which was a classic look ahead spot like the scenario of you're playing the saints the week after giants are one in six at the time they had no god when ab was just before coming in so they had a little bit of a moving pieces but yeah, it's just I think Tampa. There's such high expectations for them, you know, with all that star power. It's like are you expecting them to put up 30, 34 weeks. So when they fall short of expectations, you know, they're gonna get heat for it. But, but I still put them, you know, right up there. But you know, you can't look past Kansas City and Pittsburgh. Like, it's just like, there's clips every week. Just Andy Reid. It looks like he's just bored. He's just creating something new. Like that. I think it was against not Carolina. Who they play the week before? Was it the Saints? No, I'm talking about the Chiefs. Oh, before oh, they before were playing. Was it the Jets? Yeah, it was. I th- maybe it was the Jets. It was. It was a play where they literally put Mahomes in motion on oh, the goal line. Bro, yeah, I was yeah. like, dude, I've never seen that before. Dude, it's just like I feel like Andy Reid just getting bored. And he's just doing things like yo, he literally just put a quarterback in motion, ran a little fake, and then boom, Demarcus Robinson. It's just great, and I'm just happy because I think if. There's one critique of the NFL big time season. I don't know what the schedule makers doing, but I feel like Kansas City is barely on prime time, and there's been way too many Bear games on prime time. Which I'm just sick of. Like besides the Jets, the Bears and the Eagles are two teams that are just a complete slog to get through. Like it is just hard to get through games because there's nothing smooth about them. They might have a flash play here or there, but it's just two teams with okay, they got star power, but there is no rhythm. There is no identity. It's just they're just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks, and the majority just completely falls flat. The NFL should let me do the schedule, and I would have it one week primetime Kansas City, the next week Seattle. It's really it. <laughs> and just alternate. It's like, really Those two teams, and I, I think moving forward, we could throw Arizona in that mix because oh, yeah. of how sensational Kyler Murray's been. Yeah. But, dude, those two teams, like, bro, every, every game Seattle plays is a one-score game. Because, you know, in the beginning, I was harping on, like, yo, look, they went 10-2 and in one-score games last year. There's always regression to the mean. That's not something that's sustainable. Bro, their last 23 games, 
sorry, their last 28 games, 23 of them have been decided by one score. They are 17 and 6 in those games. Like, it's just, they're always going to play close entertainment entertaining games. Yeah, I know the Rams game was a bit of a dud, you know, the previous Sunday, but look, I think, including myself, a lot of people underestimate the Rams. Like, Brandon Staley, a hell of a coaching job. And I just think what the Rams have done, because they've lost a lot of name value, you know, looking back on the offseason, they lost a lot of stars. And they've just managed to patch up the pieces and, you know, to hold Russ like that. Like, I haven't seen Russell Wilson look that flustered all season. So, you know, Rams, I think, are one team that, you know, they're not getting much recognition, but they're consistently either in games or they're putting away teams. And, you know, I think a lot of that's attributed to the coaching staff. And then you have, you know, arguably, the, well, Aaron Donald, we already know. But, you know, I think Jalen Ramsey's probably the best cornerback. Like, if you want to put in Jair Alexander, okay, you have that debate. But, you know, when you have the premier defensive tackle league and then you have you know, premier corner, you could do a lot of things because you're talking about two of the more significant positions on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, the the one concern I had with the with the Rams, and so far, you know, knock on wood, it hasn't been an issue for them. But they did lose Whitworth at the That's tail big. end of that game. That's big. Yeah. Did Did you hear what the injury was? Is it like a significant one? I or? know he's on IR, but I'm trying to remember if it was because I know they brought the card out for. Him. I'm not sure if it's uh, it's the three week IR or IR out for the year. But I know as evolving MCL. Oh man, heads to IR. Hopefully he can return in six to eight weeks. And he's thirty nine years old. Yeah, he, you know, Dude, the, he he is man. He's someone. He was in Cincinnati for like what fifteen years. He had to put up a lot there, and just to see him come to LA and and it was a little bit of a questionable move at the time because the Rams was like, oh, they're because this was before, I think that he went there in two thousand seventeen. So this is right after the whole Fisher debacle. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, all right, is he just going to get paid? All right, we get it, but they want to see this guy in contender, like at least win a playoff game. And then he's there, and like way Super Bowl two years later. Yeah, and I mean, shit, golf had a his career year was with him at left tackle. So MC West has a lot of cool OG left tackles. You got Trent Williams. You know, I know San Fran. They have like twenty people on IR, but San Fran will always be competitive. And then you got uh, Dwayne Brown. You know, he escaped the 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 massacre that's in Houston. By the way, we gotta mention like Texas fans. Just if you want to give up on football for us here, just you. It's totally understandable. Like, oh, if there's an organization that you just... Because I, I would say Charger fans consider it, but at least you have a fun quarterback. You know, you have a good future building towards you. just got rid of, get rid of the coach and, you know, build a little bit roster-wise. But, like, man, if you're a Texan fan, though, like, how can you just watch this season? Yeah, it's rough, man. What <laughs> like, I, well, like that, after that Hail Mary, it just, like, like, what did I do? Like, that's a fan base. It's like, dude, what did we do? Like, why? Yeah, for, for David Johnson, who's on IR, who's... The guy just won the raise, and why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, shit. <laughs> a second round pick in David Johnson for he has to be unanimous top three wide receivers in the league. It's no denying that, but I, I but I think you also have to look at. I think Watson to Hopkins was the most consistent duo in the league. Like I like or maybe Rogers to Adams was up there, but like I just feel like those two, their chemistry, mm. who could touch that? I just feel like they're always on point. And then when you take that away, especially someone like the heart and soul of your team, and when your team's especially coming off you know, that loss to Kansas City, where it's just like, all right, now we're going, you know, we're soul searching. I feel like thing and Houston always has these bad playoff losses, like every year, except this time it didn't take place on four thirty on a Saturday. It took place on like a Sunday in divisional round. <laughs> yeah. But it's just that trade will go down as one of the most inexcusable moves ever. I mean, did you see the tweet exchange between Mahomes and D Hop this week after that? <laughs> he did. 
Mahomes was just saying like, yo, he's just like, so he was just like hyping him up on the catch. And uh, D-Hop was just like, yo, you're the truth too. I thought I was going to get a ring last year until you went God mode. Do you think, because I've seen a couple teams do it, when it comes to Hail Marys now, you might have, unfortunately, Buffalo, all the receivers are, you know, dynamic, you know, five foot ten dudes that you run great routes. But I just think teams now, they have to look, use their tallest receiver to in that position to at least try to bat the ball down. So Falcons will do that Julio. Like when the Falcons played the Seahawks in the playoffs, Seattle had the ball at the 45-yard line. This is back in 2013. And you know, this is Russ' rookie year. He threw uh, Hail Mary and Julio intercepted it. And they went to the con- uh, uh, NFL, oh, NFC championship. And I'm just wondering, like, obviously Buffalo didn't have the resources, but like you look at other teams, say like a Seattle, like Seattle, they're playing, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday. If Seattle's playing uh, Arizona Thursday night, like, in that scenario, again, you got to assume Metcalf's going to be back there. Because, like, you, cause a guy like Hopkins, like, you can't rely on deep. I know three defensive backs, you expect them to knock it down, but it's DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins. Right, listen, it's three DBs. You but, like, I head. want to make sure, leave no doubt. I want to do that six foot four by that. If I get DK Metcalf on my roster or uh, name another bigger, like, a, I know Michael Thomas gets a lot of heat. Not like he's Mike, good, Mike Evans. Mike, right. Mike Evans, like, yeah, yeah. if you have a big receiver, just use him in that scenario. Let him be the deep safety. Like, you're not going to get in a situation. Like, I never, like, Belichick used Gronk. Unfortunately, kind of backfired. Gronk uh, totally turned up on the, what was it, the Miami Miracle they called it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just think in that scenario now, it's like, ah, just, you can't always rely on your DBs. I hear you. Yeah. I agree with you. I would want a 12 guy out there. <laughs> but on the flip <laughs> side, it's like, bro, you caught it on three people's heads. I know. You know, which was, yo, I actually watched the replay of that, yeah. and it was from the end zone. Bro, he doesn't push off. No. There's no push and off. Hopkins does have a little bit of a tendency to push There's off. There's no, yeah. what he does, dude, and you, you literally see him in the whole, like, the whole frame. He puts his arms out just mm-hmm. to, like, feel, Burr. but he makes no contact. <sighs> just, like, on your melon. Burr. And everyone was posting the same picture. Even I did about, like... <laughs> What an endorsement for the Jordan brand. Oh, there's going to be commercial. There's got to be commercials on it. Yeah. Because that's one of the most, because what was it, like five minutes beforehand, we were going, because that, that Diggs touchdown was yeah, super impressive. Man, yeah, like That route, first off, he got he gets Patrick Peterson. I know Peterson's aging a little bit, but still, he, he beat Patrick Peterson. Just the dive, the body control. Like, man, Diggs. Like, we've always been big Stephon Diggs fans, but... I think now he kind of is solidifying himself as a top five receiver. Like, say we want about Josh Allen. I know he's a bit erratic, but it's clear, like, there's a great rapport there. And it just wasn't there with him and Kirk Cousins. It was just too inconsistent. And now Diggs has a quarterback that's A, it's going to target him a lot. B, he's an offense that they're finally going to throw the ball. I know Minnesota, they're built more of on the ball. It's cool. But, like, I just want to see Diggs in a high-powered offense. Does it seem there now? And he's thriving. And he's just one of the most exciting players in the league. And I think he just never got the recognition because Minnesota was always kind of not in disarray, but there was there was always be some conflict there. Like they they can never put two great games together. Like it was just always like okay, one game he's roasting Philly, but the next week he gets two targets. I just like seeing Diggs in a place where now he's getting ten targets a game because the talent of his deserves that. Bro, we're talking about Diggs and we're talking about Hopkins. Man, what about the guy that made the throw? Is he your MVP? It's got to be him or Mahomes at this point. I'm with you, bro. And I put out a poll. I've been doing these like wacky, weird polls every day. Just like some most random shit. Yeah. Like, spoiler and a little behind the scenes. 
a lot of times, Alan, I'm like taking a dump. I'll just be like, you know, let me fire up a couple of polls. I don't know if you want to say this publicly, but you know, this is your show, and listen, you want man, to put people, the information out people, there. To... People use the bathroom, and sometimes you're bored, and that's where like some of the greatest ideas of all time. Get I, put I, I'll read or listen, but uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to like put together ideas and post it online. <laughs> but, so, hey, we all have a strategy. So, so I asked, like, who who do you think the MVP is through ten weeks? Right. And for me. I think it's Mahomes and Murray. Mahomes, I think, is entering that territory, bro, of we're going to get tired of him. Is it LeBron territory? Very soon, if not already. Yo, you know what I was thinking about the other day, dude? They are one yard away from potentially going for a three-peat. Think about it. Frank Clark, right? It was Frank Clark. Frank Clark is lines up. 2018, they're playing the Pats in the AFC title game. No, Frank Clark was still in Seattle, I think. D Ford. There you go. Yeah. Oh my. Well, they ended up. Yeah, <laughs> right, they ended up swapping right. yeah, for each other. Okay, oh, that that trade happened. So, D Ford lines up off sides. Yeah, but that was a conference championship. I get what you mean though. If they go, oh, if they go Super Bowl, they play the Rams. They played the Rams. They Rams beat them that year. I know it's crazy true. Mexico game. That's true. No, no, no. Oh, it wasn't Mexico. It was, it was supposed LA. to be in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, it got moved right. to LA, and then we had probably the greatest regular season game of yeah. all time. That game. Oh my god! I could watch that whenever. Like it was just throw up the throw, and I just love the fact there was like three defensive touchdowns just thrown in there. I remember watching that game at the FanDuel Sportsbook with with Danny, Josh, Ahmed, and Boss. And I remember Boss turning to me and being like, "Yo, I know they've scored like seventy five points up to this point. It was like going into the fourth quarter. He's like." Am I crazy for thinking that the defense has actually played well? I was like, yo, I think they're playing pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I think like Chris Jones had a big strip. Abubakam had like yeah, 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 like, yeah. They, Donald was there, wreaking there, havoc. There were moments. That's why people like, you know, there were obviously some critics, probably some old heads saying, oh, I missed the defensive side of the game. What happened yeah, to yeah. fundamentals? I'm like, you still had some individual moments, but like, look, we have two offensive masterminds going. We have arguably what the best quarterback since you know Brady, Manning, whatever you want to. Everyone could figure out like Mahomes is going to be a Hall of Famer most likely, and then you have a Rams offense as they've really built a juggernaut. And this was kind of peak Rams offense because you know Gurley was still thriving and um, Cooks was just Cooks just got there, and I think people were still didn't really adjust to McVeigh yet. McVeigh was still kind of taking the lead by storm uh, because they didn't adjust to that fast paced you know hiking the ball when like twenty seconds left. Like McVeigh was just taking people to task, but. Uh, no, that game, that was one of my favorite games ever. I don't know. I, I just don't know how people could be criticized that game, especially when you look at both teams and how good they were. Like it could, like you said, could have been a Super Bowl matchup. Bro, the people that want 10-7 games, like, did you enjoy Cleveland-Houston? Was that an enjoy? For, for the old heads, that did, was an enjoyable game? Did you enjoy game? that Super Bowl, uh, New England no, versus LA? No, didn't. People were miserable watching that. I was watching that with some, with some friends, and they're like, oh, this is the worst shit ever. How do you like – it's like, yeah, do you, if you want – you want old school 1970s ground and pound. Oh, I love defense. Remember a couple of years ago, the Cardinals and Seahawks played a, a, like a 6-3. That game was fun, but it just for complete stupidity. I, like, I, I, I enjoyed it just because like you saw the Pete Carroll meme at the end where he just like, he puts his face so you can't believe it. But no, I, I get what you mean. Like you can enjoy good defense, but I want like great moments. I want to see sacks. I want to see forced fumbles, actual good interceptions. Because even the Super Bowl, like when, when Brady got picked off or if Goff got picked off, it was more just like, oh, wow, Goff didn't read the defense gun. Oh, Brady, that pass just really died. Like There weren't really any spectacular individual efforts. I think McCordy had that one moment where, where he broke, broke up the pass on Cooks. Yeah, that was like that. And like 
Brady threw a nice ball of Gronk down the seam. Other than that, that Super Bowl, I don't remember any moment that really made me say, wow. Because that's what we watch football for. You want to have those significant moments where you're really looking at the brilliance of a play, whether it's a play design or an individual effort. And that's why, you know, you could break it down like looking at defensive games, whether it's, okay, like a TJ Watt or Clayus Campbell or, you know, whoever, like, really takes over. Or it's more of, oh, wow, this is just bad offense. Like these these teams don't know what they're doing, or this quarterback just can't make throws. We went we went off on like a crazy tangent, but I love it. I want to bring it back to the yeah. Mahomes and Murray debate because I really think that those are the two options right now for MVP. Twenty five touchdowns and one interception from Mahomes. I really think that they're just toying with people, like you said, they're running him in motion. First of all, I've been watching football for fifteen years. I've been really understanding it for about ten of those fifteen yeah. years, and now I'm like covering it i've never seen that i didn't know that you can motion your quarterback it's just anyone andy reed is just it's crazy right like you always think of like we're so quick to pass the baton to someone else like i still think sean payton and andy reed should be at the top of everyone's best offensive minds list yeah because it went from mcveigh to shanahan and now old you know the old minds are bro what about jay gruden like a little bit like after when he was in cincy no, I'm, no. I'm talking about when, yeah, when he was in Cincy, yeah. and then he went to Washington, and like he had a little bit of a run. He had a little bit of a like, yo, you know, it was really good. He was, he was like the NFL Twitter is like people he, like Jake Groom, but as he's just not someone that really commands a locker room. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. he has no charisma. Yeah. That's why. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. 2020 has reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You can only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Spoiler, I'm not that fast, but Indeed is fast. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore. Total visits, so it's clear Indeed can help you with the quality hire you need. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on all their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all great setup bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, 
Bet Online, your online sports book experts. But I think it's really Mahomes and Murray. And the fascinating thing about Kyler Murray is that if you look at his numbers through this was prior to the Buffalo game, which, you know, he kind of had his MVP moment so far, right? Like the Hail Mary. Like that's everyone has that like signature moment from their MVP season. Lamar Jackson, it was that like spin move against the Bengals. I know it's the Bengals. They won what one or two games last year, but it was that 50 yard run against the Bengals. And then he had that big Monday night football game where he lit up the Rams in LA. So like you had your two moment games, like every quarterback has those either the game or the moment play. And I think with Kyler, you have the Hail Mary, but even prior to the Bills game, dude, he had better statistical numbers than what Lamar Jackson did last year up until the same point that they were at. And I think the difference between Kyler Murray and Pat Mahomes is I think Murray has less talent around him than Mahomes does. On both sides of the ball. Both if you were to combine the whole roster of teams, and, put it this and way: coaching staff. Which okay, let's yeah. let's factor in everything: coaching staff and fifty-three man roster, excluding the quarterback. But which one are you taking? No comparison. It's Kansas City. Yeah, without a doubt. Right. So that's where I mean that. Yeah, D Hop is probably if you're playing seven on seven, D Hop is your first pick right. from both like offenses and both teams. Mm-hmm. But I think Murray is doing it a lot with his feet, right? Like, I think I, th- I saw some shit in fantasy. He's like a top 10 running back. Yeah, he might end up with like 175 carries. Well, I think last year he only had 90. Or so. It was some crazy stat. And what I find so impressive is there, like, you see a lot of his runs. It's like these option looks to the left. Like, a lot of his touchdowns go to the left. And for some reason, these defense are just not catching up on it. They're, just, they're not reacting. You just see, because a lot of his touchdowns this year, He's going either untouched or he's getting hit the two-yard line. These are like 15, 20-yard gains. Well, do you think that it's unconventional for a right-handed quarterback to always roll to his left? Do you think teams aren't adjusting because of that? Because your your natural instinct – look, I played quarterback, uh, tremendous high school quarterback. You know what I'm saying, Alan? But your tendency, though, just just as a quarterback and knowing the position, (laughs) compared myself to Kyler Murray, like who's better than me? You know what I'm saying? But in all seriousness – your tendency as a quarterback is to always roll to the side of your throwing hand because it's a you're not going across your body. Like, yo, it's a mad hard throw to make. You know what the greatest throw I've ever seen? Your boy Matt Ryan. Boston College. They're playing on like a Thursday night football game, I think, oh, against Virginia, classic, Virginia Tech. Classic Thursday night game. It, it's maybe not the greatest throw I've ever seen, but it's like uh, it's an iconic throw. I'll always mention this. Bro, he's rolling out to his left, and they're on, they're on like their 40. And he throws a ball, Allen, to the back far right end zone. That's like a 60-yard throw rolling to your left. Like, bro, that is a hard throw to make. So I'm asking you what you think. Do you think it might be an adjustment for defenses that haven't picked up? Because it's like unconventional to be a right-handed quarterback and run to your left. It could be that, especially when, you know, everyone knows now how big motion is. Like you see – the most efficient offenses running motion. And once you have like a Christian Kirk or, you know, they might be doing something with uh, Chase Edmonds, for instance, once you have that little motion, it could take, it just causes that deception. And once defenses get, once a little disguise happens, defenses are shifting the wrong way. Next thing you know, you're linebacker because a lot of teams are playing nickel, like about 65% of the time you have nickel. So you only have two linebackers. And once one linebacker gets taken out, 
it creates an opening and you never know what's like with safety because some some teams just can't tackle so and a player as dynamic as murray can make someone miss an open field because man of all the quarterbacks i think like, i don't know if murray's the hardest bring down because you know cam newton's still obviously playing but he is just so elusive and i don't think there's a quarterback if you want to look at his arm throws with more velocity than murray like his fastball i know he comes from a baseball background i get that but it's just when he puts it on like it just it just blazes through and i also like the fact that he kind of knows how to diagnose mismatches like you saw against seattle he saw hopkins one-on-one with dunbar and he, he had a little smirk yeah bang like he's just he's very clever Kyler murray and i think now it's just people are catching up on because last year you never really saw him on tv and now he's in these 425 slots where he's going up against tua or he's going up against josh allen and you know, I think this is just kind of a testament to how good of a place the NFL is in right now because there are just so many exciting young quarterbacks. Like, there is always these good matches. Like, oh, I want to watch him. All right, charges might be terrible, but look, Herbert, he's mm-hmm. must-watch. So, But going back to Murray, I think what I'm most impressed about is, like, yeah, he's poised, and yeah, he's done a better job of reading defenses, but I just think he's the complete package as a quarterback when it comes to just being a playmaker. Like, there are so many things you have to prepare for. Like he, he causes, he probably causes the defensive coordinators to lose sleep because just trying to prepare for him, especially now, like you look at Seattle in a short week and with how much they've struggled defensively, it's like, what are we going to do? Because Kingsbury, he's not holding back. They will run options six to eight times a game. If Murray has to run the ball 10 times, so be it because, you know, we're trying to score 30 points at the end of the game. He's my quarterback in my yearly league. Mm-hmm. And it's unbelievable how many I wouldn't say bad, but if he didn't have rushing upside, you don't start him in your fantasy leagues. But, you know, he's just dropping 25 like it's nothing in in leagues. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that you mentioned about him being hard to bring down, I think it has a lot to do with his size, right? Like, again, going back to that word unconventional, like he's not your prototypical quarterback, right? He's undersized. Um even Kingsbury cut his ass like he probably didn't even see D Hop down there because he he's so short. Like, but that's what makes him great, right? The way he's elusive, mm-hmm. and I think with Kyler Murray, man, as someone who's financially investment invested in the proposition of him being MVP, I still would say I want to say it's Murray, but I just feel like Mahomes might throw like forty five touchdowns and three interceptions, and they might lose two games all year but murray saw some opportunities because look as we know when you have those national primetime moments this is a big one for him if he could perform uh, on primetime again right because he did this a couple weeks ago against seattle where you mentioned dallas i was like i don't know if we're gonna count dallas (laughs) (laughs) but that was i feel like that was the coming out party for him because that's the first time that we really saw arizona against a good team in primetime against seattle in division and they had some moments in that game, and he played well. You had the D-hop laughing, giggling, because right. Dunbar was on him. And now I think it's, again, what you said. And now he's going into the 12. I know there's no crowd, but Seattle's still a tough place to play, man. Right. And you might get a game flux or two in there, because Arizona is a good team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know they still have to play the Rams, which will help. So, as we know, like when you get those nationally televised games, it could sway opinion a lot. And you know, those are the games where you really want to deliver. So, no, there's still a chance. It's just... I don't know. Mahomes just seems untouchable right now. Like, it seems like he can't do anything wrong. You know, it's kind of you know, it's kind of fascinating that he's going against the Raiders, the one team that kind of got him this year. All the teams, Oakland or Vegas, excuse me. Uh, I'm interested to see how he just because Mahomes had a couple of 
wonky throws in that game, but uh, you know, that game's going to be on Sunday night too, and you never know what, what Gruden's cooking up. We are blessed with primetime games this week. This is very true. We got, we got Seattle, Arizona on Thursday. We got the Raiders and the Chiefs on Sunday night football. Then on Monday night, we got Tampa Bay and the Rams. First great Monday night game in like six weeks. Yeah, man. Dude, it's so crazy, right? Uh, the the last good one was probably Baltimore, Kansas City. Like the on paper, it didn't play out that way. Right. And and also, you know, like the Giants-Bucks game was more compelling than people thought. It like came, it came it down came to, the, to the end. And and even, even Jets-Pats. <laughs> I feel you because that was my reaction also. But dude, I, I really think that you know, for, for people listening to this and they're probably yelling because a lot of people told me Aaron Rodgers. So like, bro, Aaron Rodgers. I'm generally happy for Aaron Rodgers because as you know, he was getting kind of written off last year. And granted, he didn't play as well. Like you kind of saw it's just the stats weren't there. I think like he was averaging what, like six point eight yards per attempt. They had like a real conservative offense. There's a, no denying like Rodgers has really stepped up stepped up this year. And people could talk about oh, is he motivated or not, but out here like he's just making those throws like that a primary rogers would make and he's really elevating the players around them yeah that that's exactly it he's elevating a lot of guys around them they're getting alan lazard back this week that's big that's big for them because if you remember the last time we saw him alan was that saints game where i believe there was no Devonte adams in that and he really ran wild right. put up like 150 or 140 in a touchdown and they won in new orleans and look i know pandemic no fans but still you win in new orleans that that's a statement. I don't care what it is. Like winning in New Orleans is not easy whatsoever. So, you know, that was one of those wins you kind of have to recognize Green Bay because I think Green Bay has a bit of a reputation for being front runners. They kind of fall short in big games. Like I know Tampa Bay beat them pretty bad, but but still, I think Rodgers, whether it's a chip on his shoulder or not, I just I just see him. He's not. Like, I don't know if he looks more inspired, but you just see him. More, he's making more big time throws, which I just don't think we saw in like twenty eighteen or nineteen. Like I just feel like this year. He's delivering more often, whether it's two Adams or if he's getting Tanya involved as well. And using those running backs, like, look, Aaron Jones, he's a real dynamic playmaker. And it took Mike McCarthy getting out of there for them to finally use him, you know, whether it's in the slot or on the outside. You know, we've seen now Aaron Jones is causing real damage to the past game, kind of like, you know, replica of Alvin Kamara in New Orleans. Yeah, I, I think I think when I look at the landscape of the NFC, and as we kind of wind down this conversation about the MVP talks, I think it's it's Murray, it's Rodgers. I feel like Brady's in the mix too. Not after that New Orleans game. Not after the New Orleans. That's what, that's a man, wild. Like, like, dud, like, right? like to me, like I still want to mention Russ, but I'll admit, like Russ kind of felt he fell apart in that last three game. games. He has like eight turnovers. Yeah, which is, so it's hard because you gotta understand to be MVP. There's not a lot of leeway. Like you got to be consistently great week in and week out. You could have a dud or two here and there, but when you start turning the ball over a lot and your team is losing, it's like we can't really justify it, you know. So, you know, like I think Russ has a much stronger case than Brady. If I mention him, I just you know, like even this week, for instance, like okay, they blew Carolina. You watch that game. Brady missed Evans a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. He had Gronk for a while, but Godwin as well. Yeah, you know, Brady. Like I think Brady's done better than I expected, but it's still he's still leaving a lot of opportunities there okay let me let me ask you this and then there's another topic i definitely want to touch on with you mm-hmm. who's your mvp that's not a quarterback it's gotta be a kamara cook i love dalvin cook so yeah, i always been talking about always dalvin. been a dalvin guy <laughs> dude he's just the machine man. yeah do you want to know a trade that i passed up on that involved him oh boy you're gonna leave the room you might even like 
spit on the wall paintings. How no, bad it's it too beautiful. Thank I, you, I couldn't thank do you. no I such thing. It. I just might take a sip of water and just shake my head. <laughs> so, that, that's my most polite reaction. So this is prior to week the Packer game. It was prior to the Packer game. So this is like early November? This is like maybe three weeks ago. This is three games okay, ago. Because so he's been on this like... Because they played Green Bay week one. They got smoked. That's when I was like, oh, Rodgers is back. Right, right. Yeah. No, but this is this is the second matchup. Okay. And uh, Marco, our buddy Marco, has, he has uh, Dalvin Cook in the league. And um, he's like, yo, Zeke Elliott, Terry McLaurin for Dalvin Cook. And I said, no, I didn't want to give up Terry McLaurin. And then since those, I since those, since that trade didn't go through, I think Dalvin Cook in three games has a hundred points. <laughs> and you've always been anti Zeke too, bro. It wasn't it wasn't Zeke. I wanted to give up Zeke. I didn't want to give up Scary Terry, baby. Oh, I love Scary Terry. Who doesn't love Scary Terry? But oh man, it's brutal those kind of moves. Brutal. And then the week after, he's like, "Yo, those two, and I want Godwin also." And I said, oh. "No." And then he put up forty five. <laughs> Fantasy, man. Oh, you got to love it. You got to love it, baby. All right, cool, man. That was, uh, I like that discussion of NFL. Before we wrap up NFL discussion, we got to, you know, I know there's been a lot of instability with football, like, you know, just trying to manage games and just making sure, you know, how the schedule's like, you know, we've had Monday games, we had Tuesday game, which was pretty bizarre. But one thing I want to see the NFL do is they got to have like a confirmation date, whether it's late November, early December. You gotta let teams know, like, is it gonna be a seven seed or eight seed format? That's right. That was kind of floated around a, like a week or two ago. Yeah, like, like we need clarification on us because it's you gotta give teams someone of idea. And how about the one seed? Because you have eight seeds. All right, no more buy. Okay, you have home field, but now you don't get that week off. So you think if they go to eight? That there'd be no buy? How can, how can it not be? Oh, you're thinking maybe it'll go... Uh, First and second would get buys then. What, what do you do? Three, eight, four, seven, five, six? Yeah, and then you're left with... I guess that could kind of work. Oh, no, then you're left with five teams. Yeah, no. Can't we, I'm terrible at math. Don't put me in this position. I don't think there could be a buy because then it's like kind of like the NBA. One, eight, four, five, three, six, two, seven. I think that's how you kind of have to do it. Like we might get, we might get like Bucks Bears again. Listen, <laughs> we can't. Yo, the only way that can make sense, yeah. And then it's gonna be terrible for. It's gonna happen. What happened to teams like Milwaukee and and the Lakers? I mean, the Lakers ended up winning the finals, but like Milwaukee spent their entire regular season trying to get the top seed, mm-hmm. and then it didn't matter. In that situation, bro, I think the only way you could validate it is by saying we're going to eight teams, everyone gets a buy. Wait, what do you mean by everyone? If you're going to go from from a seven-team seven team format that we have right now, seven in each conference, right. and you're going to just say, oh, we're going to go to eight teams now, we just tried to map it out. How you, do you give the first and second seed a buy? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't work out. Right. So what I think they would have to do is everyone gets a buy and you just play it like like NBA one through eight, two to seven, right. three to six, four to five. Mm-hmm. And then like your top seeds have home field. I think that's the only logical way you could do it then. 
I just wish I could cut the six. I know it's me being old school, but I just like when the playoffs, you actually reward, you know, real quality teams Like you win 10 games you make you gotta earn that you, know, you gotta earn your way to make the playoffs now it's like you're kind of five and 11 they, nfc east is gonna well, host the playoff game that's kind of like out of hands like you know division winner is gonna get it right so you just gotta deal with it but i'm talking about like the eight c wild card like i don't want to see the bears in it or uh, afc's actually been pretty balanced like People like making fun of the Raiders. The Raiders are a good watch this year. You know, I'm the Derek Carr's biggest critic, man. Derek Carr is playing some damn good football this year. He's made some big time throws. And Nelson Aguilar, he doesn't look like Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> I don't know who he looks like, but he, he looks like a real playmaker. Like AFC, I think AFC's in good shape. But NFC, like you got some rough teams that could potentially make the playoffs. And I think it is because of the system. So I don't know. I just think you kind of have to figure it out because you don't want to put a team in a position where it's like, okay, um, you know, not just a one seed, but it's like, okay, if we're like four and five or whatever, it's like, dude, are we actually going to play football in January? Like, should we really be pushing for this? You know, because, you know, you want to create some sort of structure. So I don't, that's just the one thing I want to figure out. But, but, you know, as much as I'm also criticizing some of the teams that might not make the playoffs, I do think there's some fun wildcard teams in there. Like I'm generally curious about what the Dolphins do. I think what the Dolphins have done, you know, it's getting some steam, but I still feel like we should give it more recognition. Just how they've gone from this was like the poster boy for tanking to now it's like, whoa, they're a real credible franchise. Think about their history the last 18 months where it was tank for Tua, tank for Tua. Mm-hmm. He gets this crazy injury in college, drops in the draft. They become competitive towards the tail end of last year. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? They end up getting the guy they wanted anyway. They developed some good habits. I think Brian Flores is the coach of the year this year. If it's not Mike Tomlin and you reward him for not giving it to him last year. Like, let's be honest. I think if I had a vote and and one day I aspire to have like those like coach of the year MVP votes, then I can't bet on them, of course, Alan, because you got to be a man of obviously honor, accountability (laughs) and honor. You know what I'm saying? Can't influence it. But I feel like last year should have been Mike Tomlin. It might be something where. They might give it a Tomlin this year. Not that he doesn't deserve it, but I feel like you take everything into account. Brian Flores just deciding like, yeah, yo, look, Fitz is playing well and he's on a two game winning streak. Granted, they beat the Jets and like some other slapdick team. It wasn't like they beat Kansas City and Pittsburgh. Yeah, we're going to turn to Tua. Mm -hmm. And then there was reports after that first game when they play the Rams and like he threw what 17 times. They're like, oh, there, you know, there's a trial for Tua. It's like, no, it's not a trial, bro. It's let's see what the kid got. Except, Nowadays, if you're a first round pick and you don't play your first year, unless there's a rare exception like Pat Mahomes, because yeah. they actually had said it, they're like, yo, we're drafting him. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a project coming out also out of Texas Tech because that's a video game conference, a lot of like high powered offenses and shit. So you didn't know, but yeah. you also had Alex Smith there who takes you to the playoffs year in, year out. He was a three time Pro Bowler with the Kansas City Chiefs. And too. remember, she started hot that year. Yeah. Yeah, they, they came out with a bang. I remember that Thursday night game against New England. Yeah, they beat the shit out of the Patriots yeah. on that Thursday night game. And then you're like, yo, where the hell did Tyreek Hill become a number one wide receiver right, 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 out of nowhere? Right, right. So I think with Tua and, and what Miami's doing, I mean, it's it's great. I actually I took a stab at them. They were eight to one odds to win the division after Tua's first start with the Rams. Now they're like plus three twenty five. Buffalo loses also. So I wouldn't be surprised. That's gonna be a pretty interesting division going towards the tail end here. So, and I just think whoever they play in the playoffs, they're going to give them a real threat because oh yeah, you know, how they built that secondary, I love just because you see so many teams, 
investing in pass rushers and just really front loading the front four. Miami, whether it was Bill Belichick inspired or not, you know, given Florida's background, he's like, no, well, you know, we're not going to trade Xavier Howard. That's like the one mm-hmm. piece we are not giving up. We, you know, they definitely regret trading Minka Fitzpatrick. There's no denying that. But between him and then Byron Jones, and you know, I, I'm not going to butcher his name, but the first round pick from Auburn, their corner, you know, they they invest a lot in their secondary, and you see a week in week out, their teams aren't really going off on them. Like, okay, Kyler did his thing a little bit, but. You know, you, to beat Miami, you're really going to have to work for it. So I think they're one of those, you know, prototypical wildcard teams. Like, okay, it's going to be a real difficult out. You're not going to just torch them. Like, it's going to be a real battle because they're just so disciplined. And, you know, how they built their roster, you just have to be impressed by it. I want to end the show with sort of this, like, grand scheme of things talking point about the NBA. Uh, at the time that we're recording, James Harden is rumored to either go to the Sixers or to the Nets. I don't want to talk about like what it means for either team, what it means for James Harden. Alan, my thoughts and your thoughts on the idea of super teams, three All-NBA guys on one team, sort of eliminating the idea of a balanced league. That's a dilemma that the NBA has had for a couple of years now. Was it LeBron's fault? Was it the Warriors' fault? I don't know. I think if you have a chance to win a title and you can't, go for it. Is it your fault that you drafted well and you drafted the Splash Brothers and you find this gem in Draymond Green and then you get lucky, you get injury luck on your side in a positive way where you end up paying Steph Curry prior to his first MVP year, their first title year, paying him like Steve Novak money. Like you're you're paying him twelve million dollars a year. Yeah, that's gonna be a thing. <laughs> but, but dude, seriously, you're paying the best player in the league at that time. I mean, he won MVP back to back. You're paying him dick, and then you can go and get the rent. You can go and get these guys on like these one year, one off, ten million dollar deals. So you have injury luck on your side there in a positive way. I'm not against super teams. I'm not. I mean, the history of the league, it's always been like five or six teams that go into a season realistically with a chance to win the title anyway. How are your feelings about this? I feel like we've had it for a decade now when you look at super teams. teams it's kind of the norm, right? Yeah, you just you kind of grow accustomed to it. Either you like it or you don't. So, you know, I definitely warmed up to it, especially you know, if I grew up a Heat fan. So I kind of had to accept it because... You know, you you add all these pieces like okay, look, they you want to win a championship. It's not just about quote unquote doing the right way. Of course, you want to develop players, you want to draft well, but when the opportunity is there, you gotta take it. And I think it started with Boston. You know, we can't look past Boston. You know, with with uh, KG Pierce and Ray Allen, and then eventually Rondo coming into the fold. So I just think now that's what the NBA is, and that's what you have to contend with. You know, of course, look, Toronto was an awesome story. I think everyone enjoyed that. Ultimately, it's a star power. It's a star-driven league. So how you build it. And what I love is that it doesn't really matter about positions. You know, there's no real, like, we need this type of player. Of course, you want three-point shooters. Everyone wants their, you know, you know sharpshooter. Everyone wants their big-time guard playmaker. But, you know, I like how teams kind of construct it where it's like, okay, we have shooters, but we can add, like, an explosive big man. Or we could have someone that is kind of a swing man, someone that can you know, post up and then also do damage on the perimeter. So... You know, I, I mean, at first, like, I wasn't crazy about it, but this is when I was, like, 17, 18 years old. But now, 
you know, I think just my love for basketball and you know, how exciting the Western Conference is, you know, I'm definitely for it because, look, I think it's the best way to build it. And I just think it creates so much more engagement too. And I think just seeing the culture fit as well, like what's it going to be like if, you know, Harden plays with Kyrie and Durant, like that's a pretty explosive bunch. And those are three guys that kind of need the ball in their hands to be happy. So I want to see how they deal with the dilemma. And then you have the Steve, no Steve Nash element to it. I almost said mm-hmm. Steve Novak. See, now you got Steve Novak <laughs> on with the Steve Nash element to it as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, uh, like when I was younger, I was like, ah, this is lame. Like, come on, we need integrity. But look, it's like, look, you, you got to be ruthless, man. There's opportunities there. Look at Pat Riley. Pat Riley had a young roster that was slowly building towards something. Like, I remember watching the Heat team. People, like, back there was once a time Michael Beasley was a rising star as Michael Beasley's number one fan. Michael Beasley was supposed to be a 20 tech guy, but then he's like, wait a second. Mello Le- with the left. Yeah. Le- LeBron's fed up in Cleveland. Bosch, like most players in Toronto, wants to get out of Toronto. Wade's in his prime. We can put something together. They all have a relationship. Why am I wasting time with get these guys in? You got to be ruthless. So if these teams want to build super, like look at the Lakers. They did the exact same thing, bringing Anthony Davis in. So I'm I'm for it. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, man. I think that I would love for my team to be able to build a super team, but that's a different discussion. But, you know, Chris. You you just want one star in. Yeah, I just want one star (laughs) over there and, and not the trade. Uh, away any promising young ones that you might have but you know like chris paul he goes to the suns and i wouldn't say that they're building a super team but now it's like i expect devin booker to have a monster year and you're looking at them like they'll be a little bit more of a contender this year they should make the playoffs they're already rising yeah they're already rising now you add pretty much i think what you're going to see with them is what you saw with the thunder last year like a young core and you throw in chris paul and he spearheaded them to the playoffs you probably see the same thing with with the phoenix suns but I think going back to it with like Harden, I think the whack thing got to be like, man, if you're a Houston fan, it's just across the board. Like we were talking about the Texans before, like Westbrook has requested a trade. Harden has requested a trade. And not only that, bro, like they have no first round picks until like 2025. Oh, man, they really are the Texans. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's it's something about it. Like Dar- Daryl Morey came in there and he just cleaned house. Like he wanted established stars. Yeah, I, I think there's just something toxic within that organization, just the way they operate and just, you know, some of their high profile losses in the playoffs, just the way they've kind of, you know, fallen apart. You know, they just seem very discombobulated. When I look at Houston, it's like, okay, they got this star power and they're kind of excited to watch. They're one of those teams like, okay, they're cool. Like a 7.30 game I'll watch. But it's just like when it comes to playing like the premier opponents, you know they're going to fall apart. And I don't know if it's like a mental thing, but it's just there's something within the organization isn't right. And I don't think it was just Mike D'Antoni. I got, I've never been a big Mike D'Antoni guy, but I don't think you could put 100% of the blame on him. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, right? Like, Across the board in sports, we critique guys not being able to get over the hump. But sometimes that hump is like an all-time hump, right? Like, can you blame Stockton and Malone for not getting over Jordan or Barkley or all those guys in the 90s? Can you blame some of these teams in the East, like the Hawks and the Raptors, when LeBron was there? It's like, bro, you have a, a GOAT candidate that I got to go through. You're the Rockets. the Knicks in the 90s? Right, Knicks in the 90s. Like, I mean, every team that ran into Jordan. And then you look at the flip side, like, nowadays, like, how bad was it that you couldn't get past the Warriors, which is an all-time team? Like, yo, that run of of 2015 to 2019 Warriors, like, favorite year in, year out. You won three titles. 
You're winning 60-plus games a year. If Durant and, and Thompson don't get hurt, who knows how that Raptors right. series plays out. Like, yo, you're talking about historic teams that you ran into. So, yeah, if you can't beat them and you're fucking James Harden, that ain't the worst thing in the world. Like, right. you beat everyone else. Like, yeah, I can't get over him. I can't get over Brady. I can't get past Brady. Now it's going to be like, yo, you can't get past Mahomes. Like, you could be – you can make the – like, if you're if – love you're, how you mentioned Brady being a Giants fan. What about him? You just mentioned, oh, can't get over Brady. I mean, we could, <laughs> dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Two times. Easy E. Eli Manning. First ballot. Yeah. But that I, – I don't I don't fault guys yeah. like that if you can't get over them. By the way, we had mentioned one of my all-time favorite teams. We had mentioned those Kings teams not being able to get over Kobe and Shaq. Oh, those Kings teams. Peja and Bibby and Weber, Divac. Like, oh, man, Chris, Chris – oh, Chris Christie. Jesus. Yeah, Doug Christie. <laughs> Doug Christie. And Bobby Jackson. All yeah, that. man. Yeah. Young Turkaloo. But, uh, yeah, you just – you run into these juggernauts. It, it's, it's just tough to overcome. Like, we might see, like you said, with Mahomes. And, you know, what happens with the Lakers now? Like, because they seem well-built. And now they just got Schroeder. Mm. He's a very dynamic guard. He's someone okay. He's a little – inconsistent but more times than not you know what you're gonna get from him and he's, he's one of the most explosive guards in the league so they're rebuilding oh no they're just they're just bolstering their roster i should say so yeah and didn't give up much for him too right. which is interesting all right want to ask you this as we wrap up uh who's playing in february in the super bowl or you know what let's not even say february because who knows with covid who's playing Man, in the super bowl uh, <laughs> still gonna go with chiefs man i want to believe in the bucks but there's just some factor about them like i'm still kind of cautious about the nfc is such a mess like ah, seattle's defense just has ever enough saints because i said it about two weeks ago i was like there's something before the bucks game i was like there's something that- i know and now they're getting a quarterback upgrade i'm so excited so you think so you think nah, that's, that's no that's a little uh, i love you know i'm man i could talk 45 minutes about james winston my love for james winston but Winston's is about to drop 400 and three picks against the falcons he, he did it all the time when he was in tampa so it wouldn't surprise me but uh uh call me crazy i'm gonna for now i'll go green bay okay it's a little little under the radar but i think i think lafleur is not getting enough credit for what he's doing i think he's a damn good coach Chandler Jones didn't get hurt. Ooh, I would have picked Arizona. Yeah. Those you know, MC West teams. Listen, yeah. Arizona fit the mold of the last couple of representatives that made the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Mm-hmm. Four of the last five seasons, Alan. Oh well, we talked about we've this, talked yeah. about this, but now it's looking like more, more realistic that it might be Arizona as a potential NFC candidate. Yeah. I, I wouldn't put it past it. Right. I and mean, they're the only one from that list because I remember it was like Chicago, Atlanta, Detroit. You know, none of those teams are going to yeah, but. Yeah, you know, it's basically, if you guys don't remember it, and just to reiterate, it's a team that was below 500 the year before, and they had odds of 20 to 40 to 1 to win the NFC. Mm-hmm. You saw it with the Niners, you saw it with the Eagles, you saw it with your Falcons, mm-hmm. you saw it with the Panthers. The one exception being the Rams, who, 2018, they were kind of like in the discussion, it was like them, the Saints. Like, they were in that discussion. Yeah, they lost Wakarikan to Atlanta, right, but right. they were already budding. They weren't, yeah. yeah. So, I'm going to go with Kansas City and the Saints. Hey, look, this might be a blessing in disguise again for Breeze, right? Breeze misses about a month or five weeks. This is a real health scare, I know. This like, is, like, yeah, this this is, isn't a thumb injury. This is collapsed lung, broken ribs. Like, no, this is this is a whole nother level. But I think you're just putting your faith in Sean Payton. And a defense that's really improving because, I don't know, it seems like the past few years, the Saints always come out flat defensively to start the year. But over these past few weeks, they because they've always had the talent, especially now, 
look at you know, the moves they made to get guys like you know Jenkins, and now they're getting Davenport back. That's helping Sean Rankin. So you know, New Orleans, and man, now they got Quan Alexander, who I know is kind of faded a little bit, but he's still you know linebacker that provides speed. So you no, know, I, I do like New Orleans' pick. It's just the whole instability factor at QB because as we've seen the last three years in the playoffs, that offense. You know, yes, they've had freak accidents, bad calls, but that offense has underachieved in all three of those playoff games, whether you like it or not. Like this is an offense that's known for putting up thirty points. They barely cracked twenty in those games. So yeah, I think you know, everyone wants to critique their defense when it comes to January. The Saints offense is gonna have to deliver and it's gonna come down to whether it's Breeze or Winston, you know, they're gonna have to make those throws. My guy, I appreciate you coming on the show, bro. It's, it's been a while. Back. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed we didn't talk about the NFC East because I had about 20 jokes. <laughs> eh, let's not. Let's not. You know what I'm saying? Um, one more. They're going to win the division, get pummeled, and then one more year at Gettleman. So. Oh, wow. So you're all on board with them winning the division. They, Dude, the Eagles are bad. I, are they, every, are, every week I hear, I, I hear everyone talk, oh, the Eagles, they have such a great coaching staff. They have a lot of stars on their roster. They're going to get together yo. and cause a scare. I'm like, what have you? What have the Eagles look good this year? Yeah. Please tell me. Yeah. Listen. I know I'm a Giants fan. Are they not the best team in that division? And I know that's also not saying much. Right. But think about it. They've lost a lot of games like close, bro. Like they Pittsburgh, lost Tampa. Pittsburgh, Tampa. Crazy Eagle game Thursday night. They probably That scored. also the Rams game was really close. Also, I remember the Rams being like a 16-point favorite. That was kind of right. ridiculous. Oh, man. See, no one remembers the game because it's all about Jalen Ramsey going Tate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, the, the Giants are they're, they're a very okay team. You know what word I use? I think the most important thing we talked about, they're respectable. They brought credibility back. They have, to yeah. Franchise. Joe Judge has definitely done that. They've they've done a good job. Are there flaws? Yes. You know, look, I know you're sick of Daniel Jones turning the ball over every week. I know you are, But then he runs every now and then he gets you horny, uh, bro. Daniel Jones option is somehow undefeated. It's like the young Hoku on like kick. <laughs> it can't be stopped. But you know, look, and I know it's disappointing that you probably drafted the worst tackle out of the four. You know, oh, like watching He's Be- a revolving door of sacks. Yeah, like watching Becton and um Tristan Worris must really piss you off because those guys even Wills. Oh Wills look good damn who, good. Too. Who was rumored to be the guy for yeah, them at four because yeah. of his ties with right. Judge and all this shit. So Giants, I know they got flaws, but I think the most important thing is just they, they're respectable again. It's not just a weekly punchline. Yeah. You, know, you got other teams in MCs doing that. Yeah. Um, I love Slayton also too, man. Oh, he's such a deep director. This guy's a, there, there's legit like 600 yards that have been left on the table where Daniel Jones just completely just no-sells him and doesn't look his way or just overthrows him. So he's the yards. king of air yards there. Oh, yeah. He's, he's the goat of air yards. Yeah, exactly. Alan, my we, guy. We got our Giants talking, folks. Yeah, we yeah. had to do it. it was, no Falcons talk because, you know, we got to preserve our health here. Yeah, you do. Alan, where can they find you, bro? Alan underscore Cirque. That's A double L E N underscore S T R K. This one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. Yeah. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. kill. You think you got it? I got it for real. You think you got what I got? You think you got it? I got it for real. You think you got what I got? This one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. Homie, go finish your meal. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nicky too ill. Can't let a drop of me spill. Clogging the lane. I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. 
and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.